Fred Durst over here. Yeah, they call me uh, Red Durst. <laughs> Welcome to the Four Corners Crimecast. My name is Rory. My name is Katie. And I'm your host, Jake. And today, we're doing part two of the Superstition Mountains. Yeah, any new research for us this week? This week, I did use a couple of different sources in addition to uh, dipping back into last week's sources. I used uh, ABC 15, which is a uh, ABC syndicate in Phoenix, uh, one of their articles. Um, uh, and it was actually from like 99, so it was an archive. And then I also used Murderpedia to get some information about one of the assholes that we're going to talk about. Can I not use Murderpedia? Katie hates Murderpedia. It's fine. It's just not super reliable. But It's not. I just used it for a couple of dates in here um, to cross-reference my other source, which was the Sun Sentinel of South Florida. And they had a whole story that they had written about this back in 1992, which was in between the crimes and the convictions. And the height of Dave Barry. Who's Dave Barry? Famous comedic writer for the... Oh, maybe it wasn't the Sun Sentinel. Maybe it was Miami-Dade. Everybody loved Dave Barry. Either way, and then lastly, uh, legendsofamerica.com and wheresmamba.com. I think I already quoted that one last week. Those are the sources. You know, there's a lot of random information, and I have mushed it together best I can to make some sense for you guys. All right, well, why don't you go ahead and remind us where we uh, left off last week. So in our last episode, we ended with the finding of Adolf Ruth's skeletal remains, a hole in his skull, and an official cause of death listed as dehydration slash starvation. And then the skull was actually drug away, supposedly, they said, by animals. For what it's worth, the medical examiner on the case, Dr. Herlicka, had noted that the wound could have easily been made by some sort of large caliber bullet like a 44. That's really only important, though, if you're looking into common traits shared by others who have gone toes up via the Superstition Mountains. That's just because uh, it seems that quite a few people end up with holes in their heads. Barry Storm, born John Clemenson was an eccentric author known to journey throughout the Southwest, living in the areas that he wrote about. He wrote multiple books about the Superstition Mountains, including Trail of the Lost Dutchman, Gold in the Superstitions, and a three-book series by the name of Thunder God's Gold. The first, bu- the first book in the series, which was just named Thunder God's Gold, was released in 1945 and tells of an encounter with a sniper in which Storm narrowly avoided being another death in the mountains. Storm had speculated that this might have been the same person who had killed Adolf Ruth around a decade before. So there's just some random sniper dude wandering around up in the hills? I mean, that's a theory, just because of the amount of people who end up dead with bullets in them. And as we'll see, some of them have no gunshot residue, some of them have a lot of holes in them. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it goes way deep. Was this someone... Is it speculated this is someone that, like, lives there, or do they follow you in and, like, hunt you, like Robert Hansen? Oh, I don't know, actually. That's really interesting. Um, I had never even thought of that, but that could definitely be. But someone who, uh, you know, takes camping trips just to snipe the hikers. It seems like it would be once in a blue moon that you'd come across somebody that you could shoot in the head with no one else around if you're in the middle of the Superstition Mountains, because aren't they large? They are large, but a lot of these people... Uh, do live out there. They have little mining camps set up and they're, you know, prospecting their their lives away. It's what they do. And so, you know, as long as they get enough gold together to buy a nice sniper rifle, anything's possible. 
Could it have been somebody hunting? Just multiple, was a deer. multiple hunting accidents. <laughs> well, I mean, if you saw if you saw someone with a sniper, I'm sure there's some sort of explanation. Hmm. Unless he made it up to write a book. He just read the book. What was that? Death Watch, where the dude wakes up in the desert and there's some creepy guy hunting him. Oh, I think we read it in English class. And then everybody he I sees, he thinks this that guy, and he just keeps killing them, thinking they're respawning. I'm not sure. Um, you know, a lot of it is uh, hearsay. Barry Storm was super famous for being extremely eccentric, living in a cardboard, or not a cardboard, a plywood shack out in the uh, Superstition Mountains. And also, he did that in California. He did it in Texas, not just Arizona. He did it all over. He's got a lot of books. I didn't have time to read any of them for this, but I wanted to. If you're going to see someone, if you're going to see a sniper in the middle of nowhere, it's going to be in Texas, not in Arizona. I don't know. There's a lot of guns in Arizona. I don't know. Sniper back, you know, in the some of the days, this is like the 40s. Well, actually, Barry Storm, I think his uh, encounter was in like 42, maybe. Late, late, late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, do you think he just doesn't know what a telescope looks like? That telescope is throwing lead at me. I'm not sure. He just, he did a lot of living on the lands, so. Do we know why he changed his name? Uh, he wanted a pen name. John Clemenson is a strong name. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Ba- no, the only one that reads Barry Storm novels is looking for an entirely different style of novel. Barry Storm is a great name for a ladies book writer. Oh, what like, are those um, books called? Romance, romance novel. Yes. <laughs> novel. Lady book. Right, doesn't lady know what romance is. Yeah, Barry Storm, the lady book writer. Yeah, writes them lady books. I, I wanted to write one of them lady books. You, you what? did? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, please. This is a short episode. Do tell. Yeah, so it would be called... Uh, uh, was this recently? Or like well, when you were a kid? I mean, kid, this like was a just, just a <laughs> lifetime... teenager. Like one of my lifetime like, lifetime goals Okay. be like to write a romance novel. To write a book worthy of having Fabio on the, on the cover? Yeah, like Fabio. Not Fabio. Fabio, Fabio whatever. Fabio, yeah. yeah, Fabio on the cover. Yeah, make fun of the homeschool kid. Yeah, it's going to be it'd be called uh, uh, Goose and Thunder. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I want to know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, uh, this goose that uh, falls in love with the wind. Who is that a romance <laughs> novel for? Geese or women? <laughs> women. They're going to relate the wind. They're going to relate to the goose. They are the geese in in metaphor in the book it's an it's really just an allegory for a goose's discovery of of true true love with wind all right we still have time <laughs> you terrible life goals <laughs> yeah hon- honk before the storm what was it? <laughs> i don't know goose and the thunder i think no. is what you call it <laughs> honk before the storm is way better in June 1946, James Cravey paid a helicopter pilot to fly him into the superstitions. That was the last time that he was seen until February of 1947, when two retired Army veterans exploring the area came across headless skeletal remains wrapped in a blanket, about two and a half miles from Weaver's Needle, which we talked about last week. It's really tall, skinny protrusion. Yeah rock sediment formation. It was late in the evening and the hikers did not search for the head of the skeleton, instead bringing back the wallet for identification and reporting the remains to the sheriff's department. Good call, probably. 
I imagine if you walked into town with a head, they would be concerned. Well, it'd just be a skeleton. You're still going to just find a skull and just bring it into town? I'm sitting here in my backpack and take it with me. A search party went out the next day to retrieve the skeleton, which was not anywhere near where he had set up camp. And his head was found about 30 feet away from his skeleton. The coroner ruled there was no evidence of foul play, and Cravey was the 20th person to die in the mountains. What, What did the helicopter pilot have to say? Did he come back? Yeah, he just said, I dropped him off. He was fine when I dropped him off. Huh. And, yeah, he went back out to pick him up, and he never showed up. But th- th- they uh, took a while to find him. I think it was uh, a couple of years, wasn't it? Probably no, it was about six months because he left in June and then in February. So it was like six to eight months. Six to eight months, and he was just a straight-up skeleton with no head. I wonder if something did actually, like, grab a hold of his hair or something, like, rip his neck off. Well, that's, oh. that's common. I yeah. mean, animals rip you you hardly ever if you die in the middle of somewhere where there's wildlife you're never going to be found in one piece but that does not fit the narrative of a fun story of people chopping off heads in the superstition mountains how far away was he from camp from his own camp Mm -hmm. i couldn't find anything it's just that he was not near his camp was the only description i found okay and And he just had the blanket with him uh, he was just wrapped in the blanket leaned up against a tree as i recall I wonder if he hurt himself, drug himself over to the tree. Trying to get shade probably from the heat. Really, in in reality, I don't want to let you guys in on the secret here, but even though these are all strange and mysterious deaths, they're probably all from heat. Yeah, why would you go... <laughs> we live in Arizona. In June. That seems like the worst possible time to go hiking in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's when the light hits Weaver's needle just right so that you can actually see where the secret mine is located. And that's when you die of heat exhaustion. I made that last part up. Oh. Or it's cooler there because it's higher elevation. It's still going to be hot as balls. It's June in Arizona. It's still pretty warm, yeah. Superstition Mountains, Apache Junction, all that area. Pretty much the same as uh, where Saguaro Lake is elevation-wise. Probably a little higher, but it's still the same idea. And it's still going to be, I mean... Not as hot as, like, 90 degrees, which you still shouldn't be hiking in. Hmm. Hot, hot, hot. On November 9th, 1949, prospector James Kidd went into the mountains in search of a new spot to set up his operation. He was never seen again, and he was never found. Theory is that he fell into a canyon and ended up too deep for searchers to find him. He was officially ruled deceased in 1956. Maybe he just fell into a canyon. Or maybe... The spirit of the Superstition Mountains killed him and swirled him up into the mists. I feel like 1949 was a pretty easy time to disappear and start a new life as a different person. So my guess is that uh, he wasn't dead. My guess is he got eaten by animals. Ah, fully eaten. Are we supposed to take guesses after all of these? I mean, yeah, I like that idea, actually, since because, honestly, you can find 20 sources for these and they all are still only a, a sentence or three long we're gonna write history right now yeah, yeah i'm telling you what happened we're taking a stab at it in 1951 an organ man went missing after a hiking trip into the mountains the body of dr john burns was found shot to death by searchers he had been shot once clean through and the only description of the location of the wound that i could find was quote through the body Despite lack of powder burns and testimony from ballistics expert stating that he had been shot from quite a distance, Burns' death was also ruled accidental. 
It could be. Let's just say, like, you you're, have a high-powered rifle and there's a deer close up, so you're not looking 400 yards behind you, and you just straight through the deer, and it just the bullet just happens to drop off into some dude's back. All you can hear is the screams of the slowly dying deer as you walk up to slit its throat. Meanwhile, there's a dead guy about 400 yards away. He didn't make any noise, though. Yeah, I, I mean, think. are people actually hunting up there at this time of year? I don't think people even hunt in the Superstition Mountains. I don't know for sure, though. November sounds like deer season or big game season. If you go deep enough, you can probably hunt up there, but I don't think it's, like, main hunting grounds. Mm. And it seems weird to rule it accidental when... Yeah, you gunshot wound to the body. Who else is around? Yeah. Like, how do you know it was an accident from... Oh, he tripped over that gun that we left out there. I'm just saying, maybe somebody was trying to cover something up. Hmm. He's he was a government informant. The whole Emmy's office is in on these murders. This is where this is where they just disappear. Like the it's like people, Eloy. Yeah. Instead of going into witness protection, people just poof. skydiving accidents. Yeah. Or you go missing in the mountains. Exactly. Ooh, we've we've uncovered something. In 1952, an Ohio man named Joseph Kelly, not Joe Kelly for the Dodgers, ventured into the mountains and vanished without a trace. Three years later, a Tucson teenager by the name of Charles Massey was killed in the mountains when a bullet ricocheted while he was hunting javelina with a group of friends. Well, I just think that it goes to show that you got to be careful fucking with the Superstition Mountains. You should just ricochet them bullets right off of rocks right into your face. Like, just imagine, that would be like out of a movie, right? I'm pretty sure they were drunk. Punk-ass kids hunting javelina, Superstition Mountains. It's like, oh, no. Choing! This might be what happened to most of these people. <laughs> yeah, the mountain got them. Mountain got That's him. what I'm saying. There's a curse. In 1956, Phoenix police were notified by a man that his brother Martin Zawartho had gone searching for the lost Dutchman mine and never returned. After a month-long search, Martin's body was found with a bullet hole in his right temple. Mysterious, eh? Despite his gun being found under his body, his death was ruled a suicide. Lots of headshots. No murder investigation. Almost like someone knows something we don't. I think there are lots of people that know something we don't. But to the temple from the side, so he was like this with the gun to his. Yeah. I mean, if he was standing, couldn't he have shot himself, dropped the gun, and fallen on it? Well, it really no. okay. So. <laughs> A lot of people think that your head goes, like, all the way with the bullet, but the force of exit, if it leaves your skull, causes your head to go the other way. So if he were to have shot himself, there is a chance that he could have fallen forward and onto his gun, I believe, but it really, it's hard to tell without any pictures of the scene. Oh, I'm sorry. I did mean there were some pictures of skull holes, only of Cravey. I meant to put them in there. I'm sorry. Hmm. It was huge, the Cravey one. Did he go out the other side? No, neither did this one. Hmm. So it's not. So he wasn't to the temple, like. Well, most of these, um, you know, it doesn't. They don't all specify, but quite a few of them had no gunshot residue or powder burns on them. So, hmm. You know, could be a cover up. Could be a coincidence. Do we know what caliber it was? I do not actually. It wasn't a forty-four like the other people. No, no. There was uh, multiple 44s, though, in this group. And then there's also, I don't think I have it listed, but there was a guy who died of a 22. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, if you just like to take pop shots. 
If he had shot himself with a twenty-two, would it have gone all the way through? No. It probably would have stopped, right? No, twenty-twos bounce. That's yeah. the whole thing is that they can get in, they just can't get out, so they destroy everything when they're bouncing around in your noodle bot. If he was using a twenty-two, it wouldn't have exited, and he could have still fallen on it. So maybe he wasn't shot. I don't know. Hmm. Speculating. Mm-hmm. Speculation. It still seems fishy. I mean, it just seems like it's a good place to take someone to die. If it was a forty-four, though, no matter the distance, it still would have probably broken through, wouldn't it have? Yeah. Plus, forty-fours are only uh, revolvers. So, as far as I know, I don't think they make a forty-four caliber rifle that I'm aware of. Someone else wasn't. Someone else shot with a forty-four. They were. Yes, but that was a revolver. Oh. In one of the less mysterious set of circumstances, two friends searching for the Dutchman were making their way through where they believed the mine to be. At some point, they stumbled upon a rich vein literally bursting from the rocks and sand. For a moment, Stanley Hernandez and Benjamin Ferreira were on top of the world, elated at their discovery. For reasons unknown, but honestly kind of obvious, Hernandez killed Ferreira. His greed would quickly turn to grief, as upon returning to town with a sample... An expert advised him the rich vein he had killed for was little more than pyrite, a.k.a. fool's gold, which is only fun if you're eight. I mean, you guys have seen it, right? Pyrite? Pretty fucking obvious that it's not gold. If you're, unless you're eight, I thought it was gold when I was eight. But doesn't <laughs> it peel magnets. off in sheets, too? Pyrite? Yeah. Not when it's in the sand. <laughs> I don't know. I had a big chunk of it because my dad got it. He had a bunch of the shit. My dad was a rock guy. He was a rockyologist. No, he, he was just an amateur rockyologist. Okay. Common sense tells us that going to the mountains with a friend is always better than to go alone, but it seems that the mountain's curse reaches far past the norms that you would expect. Okay, hypothetical. You guys are in the mountains. You find gold. It's real gold. It's legit. Who's going to shoot who? Neither of us. <laughs> what the shoot fuck? Lord. I would never shoot Jake. I would be like, we are fucking rich. Yeah. But you wouldn't like... I'm not that greedy of a person. I'm not either. If but you're if standing I... in front of millions of dollars worth of gold? No, I would yeah, literally want thing. someone to share it with. That's the thing. And Rory is such a non-greedy person. I could be like, dude, I want 70% of this. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, I literally don't care. <laughs> I would not do that, for the record. I'm just saying. If it was millions and millions of dollars, and Jake was like, I think I should get more, I'd be like, I really don't give a fuck. Give me money. Roy would be like, roll his eyes and be like, whatever. Yeah, it's not going to bother me if you have more money. (laughs) As long as I have enough money where I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore. As long as Rory has slaves to put powder on his b-hole. Yeah, dude, carry me to my toilet. Little has changed in the years since. Each decade bringing more death and more mystery for the ominous mountain range. In 1960, a head was found with a bullet hole in the skull. It was determined to be an Austrian student by the name of Franz Herrer, who was in Arizona visiting. His body was found, like, six months later, while his skeletal remains. Headless, with a hole in his head. I'm thinking a bear, probably, if he bites your head, puts a hole in it, probably. I don't know. Are there bear hair? There's a bear, too, in the, in the superstition. Got a bar up in them hers? <laughs> In 1973, an employment dispute sparked Charles Lewing to shoot Ladisla Sancho Guerrero, supposedly in self-defense. And they were, uh, they, were mine, uh, well, they were working on a mine camp, and I'm not sure what the dispute was about, but I did find multiple sources that listed it. This stuff's listed like a history book everywhere. It's just like a list of dates and shit that was notated somewhere by someone. 
So this one was just a mining dispute. I mean, miners are fickle folk, so it, <laughs> it stands to reason that they may be a little hot-headed with the shovel. Yeah, and there were a bunch of uh, stories of miners from the Superstition Mountains getting killed in bars <laughs> outside of the mountains, but I didn't include them. Um, but yeah, they you know they go out and get rowdy with each other and have another dispute. They were listed as like bar disputes. Hmm. The 70s seems like really recent to be dying in bar disputes. <laughs> the curse of the Superstition Mountains seems like it can strike at any moment to the most unassuming victims. In 1976, Harold Pauling walked into camp with his 44 revolver hanging over his shoulder. In a freak accident, I suppose, Pauling leaned over to pick something up, and the gun slid out of his holster, hit the ground, and discharged. And it shot him. He was struck in the lungs and spleen by the errant bullet, and he died of internal bleeding rather quickly. Don't get, don't be, you know, casual with your weapons, that's for sure, when you're in the superstitions. Was someone around and, like, witnessed this, or is this... Yeah, this was at camp. This was like a, an actual mining encampment. So yeah, multiple people were around. Can you imagine just bending over to be like someone tosses a frisbee in the camp and it lands at your feet and you're bending for a picture? <laughs> Try up. to be a nice guy and throw it back to him. Yeah, little help. Boom. <laughs> or like the old man, like in the camp, he's like bent, like trying to reach his fucking cane on the floor. It's like I got you, old timer. <laughs> you bend over and imagine that's the last thing you see though. Is your gun just? falling and like you get that weird feeling when, like, where, like when you drop your phone you're like oh shit <laughs> oh. and he didn't you know die immediately so he had to lay there for a few minutes and think about how fucking stupid he was stories of these freak accidents and mysterious deaths are nearly non-stop and will literally take probably like a day or so on a podcast to tell as recently as 2010 groups of treasure hunters have perished in the mountain in search for the dutchman curtis murworth Artie and charles and malcolm meeks were described by a family as, quote, gold crazy. They were avid hikers and in constant search of the lost Dutchman. So much so, in fact, they were rescued from the Superstition Mountains in 2009 when they ran out of supplies and became stranded. Not learning from their mistake, in summer of 2010, again, like we already talked about, nice, nice and hot, they ventured out once again. But this time, they never returned, and they never called for help. Is there cell service out there? That's a real good question. I think there is, because the first time they were... They were found, like they got stranded, but maybe not because even to this day, there's people disappearing out there all the time. In January the next year, Charles and Meeks were found deceased on the trail by hikers. Three weeks later, Superstition Search and Rescue found Merriworth about a half mile away from his friends, propped up against a tree. They had called off the search until the hikers came across Charles and Meeks, and then they kicked the search back off because they were like, oh, well, obviously they're out here somewhere. And that's when they found uh, Merriworth. No foul play was suspected, but at this point, mother's nature, Mother Nature's play seems anything but fair. What was the cause of death for these guys? Cause Starvation? Of death? Accidental gunshot wounds? The official cause of death we haven't really found in looking, but the hiker that found them said that it looked like one of them had been shot in the, twice in the back of the head, and one of them had been shot in the torso. It looked like broken ribs protruding through the shirt clothing or whatever that they were wearing whoa so yeah these guys probably could have maybe been shot they didn't take their cell phones oh yeah they were really really poorly prepared for this trip which is so weird after the fact that they had gotten rescued (laughs) the year before his mom said i didn't want him to go i had a premonition god told me that if he went he's not coming back i begged him not to go but he went hmm 
Should have listened Moms to Mama. Moms know. Yeah. If mom tells you not to go somewhere, don't go. Two of the men, actually, I'm not sure which two because it wasn't released, but two of them had medical conditions. They were all in a, in a bad way heading out to the Superstition Mountains in the middle of summer after being rescued the year before. And not taking your cell phones. Like I said, these stories are abundant and for the most and for most small excerpt, excerpts in books and articles are all that can be found about them. Almost all of them are open to speculation as to the nature of how the victims lost their lives. None of them have happy endings. In fact, most of them don't have an ending at all. That's not the case, however, for our next victim. The whole story is available, and we even know how it ends. This next story, I will tell you, uh, is not about hikers, though. It's a little bit of a different twist here. Suzanne Rossetti was born May 3rd, 1954, in Sagus, Massachusetts. Sagus was later described in court as, quote, the kind of place most towns claim to be, but rarely are. She was class vice president as, at Sega's High and was raised to see the good in everyone. It was said that, quote, if she had a fault, it was her inability to perceive evil and the evil intentions of others. On January 28, 1981, Suzanne, now living in Phoenix, made a quick trip to the convenience store on the corner of 52nd and Van Buren to, I guess, get Red Bull probably. No? No. Why? Red Bull did not exist in 1981. Nobody had wings back then? They got it from that pure, unadulterated cocaine that was going around. Mm. When she came back out to her car, she realized that she had locked her keys inside of the car. Not sure what to do, she noticed two strangers nearby and asked if they would be able to help her get her keys out of her car. Jess James Giles and Michael Logan. (laughs) (laughs) You like his name? It's great. I think he was pretty mad about it, too. Uh, They were more than happy to help, and being the stand-up citizens they were, they had no problem getting into the uh, locked car. Bada bing, bada bang. Never ask men for favors. Um, unless someone's doing a favor from the kindness of their heart, which I often do. But Yeah, but like if you are in need of something and you don't know anybody around you, don't ask a man because they will literally think that you owe them something now. Even if they offer to do something, like carry your groceries, no. Predator no. hindbrain ca- should kick in at that point where men are like, ooh, this woman can't carry her groceries. Let me go carry them for her. They only do favors for weak. you, so you owe them something. That's true. Don't trust anybody. Basically, do it yourself. Independence. Woman. It's super important. Attempting to repay the men for their kindness, Suzanne bought them some beer, a six-pack specifically, and offered them a ride to Weldon's Riding Stables where they worked. The men agreed, and they piled into her car. At this point, the story turns absolutely brutal. Uh, The men forced Suzanne to pull over at Papago Park, where they raped her, and they then forced her to drive them to her house, where they again raped her, before stealing multiple things from her apartment, including her debit and credit cards. At this point, it kind of seems like the men began to realize that their actions were no doubt going to carry some consequences, unless Suzanne never went to the police. So they decided they put her in her own car and drove her to Fish Creek Hill, which is in where else but the Superstition Mountains, and they took her out and threw her off of a 40-foot cliff. Noticing she was not dead and not willing to take any chances, they made their way down the hill, where she was begging to be left alone to die, saying, quote, just leave me alone, I'm going to die anyways. To this request, Logan replied, that's right, bitch, you are. And Giles stuck Logan with that in court. He said, you know, yeah, that's what he said the whole way through like the court proceedings and the trial, these two were literally just blaming the other one the whole time. Sounds about right. 
Uh, let's see. In the last act of depraved evil against her, they stoned her with boulders, hitting her in the head until she lost consciousness, and then covering her body with rocks before returning to Phoenix in her car to use her debit card up to eight times a day for the next few days. And the medical examiner would later say uh, that she was alive for 15 to 30 minutes under the rocks before she died. So Fuck these guys. Fuck these guys. As if using her debit cards and giving her and driving her car around wasn't enough to get the cops on their trail, Giles told multiple friends about the murder, and at least one of those friends came forward, leading to both his and Logan's arrest. Logan rolled over and cooperated with law enforcement, showing them where the body was and taking a plea deal to plead guilty in exchange for a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 25 years. When homicide detective Jack Haxworth, it's got to be hard to be a detective with the name Haxworth, right? No, that's a great fucking detective name. <laughs> when he told Giles that he could face execution, Giles replied, quote, all for killing that bitch. He pled innocent and went on to trial. And on August 27th, 1981, a jury deliberated for just one hour before returning with a guilty verdict. And a month later, Giles was sentenced to be executed. This guy had it coming. He was a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck that dude. Jess Giles was executed on January 14th, 1999. His last meal consisted of a New York strip steak cooked rare. One and a half cups of sliced mushrooms, two eggs, ten strips of bacon, two pieces of wheat toast with butter, three ounces of strawberry preserves, eight ounces of milk, eight ounces of apple juice, and a 32-ounce chocolate milkshake. I imagine that he was just trying to make it real shitty for whoever had to clean the shit out of his body. Oh, they plug him. <laughs> they do what? They plug them. Plug them and light them up? Yeah. Oh. But before they kill you, they, they, they plug your orifice. Right, Katie? I don't know. He had no last words to offer, but he did make a hand motion as they were reading the death warrant, as if to say, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I imagine like a finger twirling in the air type thing. Like, Did someone punch him in the face before they injected <laughs> him? Because that's just stupid. I hope so. You think you're trying to be cool as you're about to die? Like, just Coolest stop. thing you could do as you're about to die, your last words would be... You didn't even get me for the right thing, and then you just go out. That would be good. That's pretty good. The coolest thing to do is just not murder anybody. (laughs) That's pretty sweet, but... This case should serve as a warning that you should be wary of everyone, because you never know who someone really is. Suzanne used to say, quote, It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. That's a nice thought, but it's most important to be alive. Yeah, hard to be nice when you're buried under a pile of rocks. Yeah, so don't ask men for help. Never. Just don't be nice to men in general. That's yeah. my usual when I don't know you. At this point, over 50 people have died while searching the treacherous terrains of the Superstition Mountains. That number doesn't even cr- include the Peralta Massacre we started this series off with. Very few stories are open and closed cases, and even the ones that are still seem shrouded in mystery. I'd say they're shady at best. Walter Mowry, a gold prospector from Denver, was found in the 60s, and his body riddled with bullet holes, yet the coroner ruled it a suicide. Many speculated it might have been difficult to shoot oneself that many times. I wonder if the Emmy also owned, like, stock in the tourist bureau in town. (laughs) He was just like, no, 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 people just love going out there to suicide themselves. themselves. Do we know how many bullet holes? Well, more than one usually is an indication, Katie. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, though, like... We don't know. Riddled was, you know, they weren't uh, as specific with their information. I'm going to say Riddled is seven or more. I think that depends on who you ask. 
If I was, I would say like 30. (laughs) 50 Cent was riddled with bullets at one point in time in his life. He got hit with a few slugs. Now he walks with a limp. That's why, you know, his rap is so hard because he raps through clenched teeth. (laughs) There have been multiple accounts of skeletons found with gold still on their persons. One such instance was Wally Gassler, a lifelong hunter of the Dutchman mine. He was found dead in the superstitions in eight. In 1984, with a fanny pack full of gold ore identical to that found under the bed of Jacob Walsh. So fanny pack? Well, they just said pack, but I like to think it was it's like, a little fanny pack. Yeah, you know, like, that's how you're gonna keep your gold close it, it's to you. It's probably like a rucksack or something, but you know. Yeah, I don't think fanny packs were very popular in what was this? The Please, 60s for our for our listeners 80s? over on the uh, uh, across the pond. Let's call him bum bags. Bum bag. He found it in his bum bag. When you say fanny pack, I picture him in like full, like jazzercise. <laughs> it, it was it the, was the 80s. 80s, so yeah. he probably did have like on a track suit with a like really curly hair. <laughs> Side note to this story, it's really weird. It's about the, like from 1984 to uh, the other story we talked about. Oh no, from 84 to like 03, nobody died in the Superstition Mountains. Huh, I wonder who was in prison from then. Do you think mm-hmm. Wally broke the curse? Briefly? <laughs> Let's find out. No, they just liked his fashion sense, so they stopped doing <laughs> like it. Fanny pack, yes. <laughs> Damn, we killed a fanny packer. <laughs> Man, that dude had style. Well, he actually, also, he, when he was uh, he was found, the guy didn't want, uh, Don Shade, the guy who found him, didn't want to go that close to him because it was dark. And so th- once they saw the body, they just hightailed it back into town to report it. They didn't even go up to the body. So they didn't know he had gold on him? They could have been super rich. <laughs> exactly. Gassler actually died directly on the county line, so Pinal and Maricopa Sheriff's Department teamed up on the investigation. And the man we were just talking about, Don Shade, who was the hiking guy that found him, reported seeing a man darting between the bushes when they had first seen the body off in the distance. But the medical examiner determined Gassler had not met with foul play. I just feel like the M.E. for this place is lazy as fuck. Or drunk. So he saw a man darting between the bushes? That's what he said. He was a tour guide. Maybe, And that's this is like one of those things where I could actually believe it's just a little story someone made up. Because he was found with gold on him. If there was a man darting around, you'd think he would... It's a leprechaun. Oh, my oh. God, he left the gold. You bring the gold and I'll bring the pain. <laughs> that sounds... Because when you say darting you between bushes... I'll bring the pain. I think of leprechauns, so... Yeah, maybe. Okay, so the man who found him was a hiking guy named Don Shade reported seeing a leprechaun darting between the bushes. That's better. And I do know that leprechauns have a proclivity for shooting people that stumble upon their gold dungeons. How'd you find this out? I've stumbled upon a few gold dungeons, my friend. Is that what those scars are for? (sighs) (laughs) Tough question, Katie. (laughs) So what do you guys think here? Do you think that there are uh, spirits haunting the Superstition Mountains after this mass amount of information I have told you? Spirits, no. Really bad shots, yes. I think the mountain is just chock full of people who are not very good at shooting. Or really good at shooting. I'm not sure which. Do you think they just go out there because they're like, oh, if I miss, I won't hit anything? Yeah. Like it's probably like kill somebody. Yeah, it's probably like us going out on BLM land and just shooting off into the distance. Except there's not like forty miners camped out trying to pan for gold on BLM land. Honestly, I think it's just it's it's a harsh environment and people are very 
not suited for living in harsh environments unless they've been there for a long time. Because we all so. know, yeah, we're not going to go hiking in the middle of June in the mountains. But, I mean, if you look at it, even in Tucson, as soon people as it do. gets hot, yeah, people that have lived here their whole lives will still be like, oh, it's only 103, I can go on a hike right now. And it's like, no, you can't. Just That's stay because, the fuck home. Well, there's that thing where people are just dumb. Well, also, so. we're like, I've been here my whole life. 103 ain't shit. Not me. I'm like, 103 really ain't shit, but I'm not going out. I'm going to stay in and play video games. 103 ain't shit when you have AC. That's the <laughs> motto of Tucson. And then you get put in a helicopter and they spin you around really fast. That <laughs> <laughs> old woman. Uh, she tried to sue. So I nice. actually don't think, I think it's just, uh, I don't think it's cursed. I think it's just people are overconfident and sometimes not don't really think things through. So... A, the people that are shooting up there, and B, the people that are hiking up there. Maybe maybe stupidity meets in the middle like a Diamond Rio song, and they just sort of... In comes the bear. Yeah, in comes accidents, in comes animals, all sorts of things. So it's I would creepy, say... Though. I mean, in, in the entire history of the Superstition Mountains, if there are only 500 deaths, that's still pretty reasonable no, for how like old mountains are. people. I mean, well, yeah, for... Mountains that have millions of years of history, that's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good ratio. I think that anywhere that you tell people that there's a lot of gold and they can make a lot of money, they're going to end up dying trying death. to get there. Yeah, because there are a lot of dumb people that want to make it rich. Yeah, or we'll just shoot each other. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of which, if y'all could go out and buy Shiba Inu, jack no. that price up, that'd be awesome. Don't tell them about my coin. You got anything else for us, Jake, or is that going to do it this week? I mean, there's tons of stories about the Superstition Mountains, but I think that for this series... Maybe we've given a decent description of how dangerous they are. Maybe we've saved a life. You're probably correct. Maybe we have. Don't hike when it's hot. Don't take your friend to hunt for gold. And if you do have to kill them, shoot them because it'll be an accident. Yeah. Self-defense. Shoot them and then go find the ME because I'm pretty sure he'll hook it up. I'm pretty sure he'll come find you. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to send us an email at fourcornerscrimecast at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R cornerscrimecast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fourcornerscrimecast on Instagram at fourcornerscrimecast on Twitter at fourcornerscast and at fourcornerscrimecast.tumblr.com. And don't forget to check us out over at Apple Podcasts and give us a rate and review there. Follow us on Spotify. And um, check out our website, fourcornerscrimecast.com. You can head over there for a full episode list to pick up your sticker. If you want to get a sticker, we'll send it to you for free. Just do bingo bango in the checkout, and uh, you know you don't even pay shipping. So you can get that there. You can also get tell us if you have an episode you want to hear. Give us some ideas. Fill us in. Things in the four corners, we're good with it. So, you know. Stay, stay inside. It's getting hot out there, especially if you live in a superstitious area. All right, guys. See ya. See ya. Adios, motherfuckers! Hurry! Get rich or die trying! <laughs> 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 <laughs>